0: Hello everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, We have assembled uh, the uh, titans of real estate, uh, licensed (laughs) in the early 80s, beginning their careers in some of the most tumultuous markets that Alberta's ever experienced. And um, we just really wanted to have a conversation and and, um, learn from their experiences and and benefit from their wisdom. So thank you guys for joining me on, on the meeting. I appreciate your time.
1: You're Most welcome. welcome. Yeah. Good You're to be welcome. here. All right.
0: Yeah. Um let's start with a, a quick introduction. Uh we'll chat about when you got licensed uh and really what inspired you to get into the industry. And why don't we um start with Mr. Russ Austin, who was uh, on our management team for uh, 30 years and, and helped create CIR and, and build it to what we have become today. So Russ.
2: Hey, thank you. <laughs>
0: um
2: yeah, as I look back, I st- I'm the rookie of this bunch or the, the kid. Uh I started uh October 19th, uh 1987. And if you plug that into Google, you'll find out that it was called uh, referred to as Black Monday. Uh, the day I started, the stock market fell uh 22.6 percent in one day. And uh People were walking around the office saying we're never going to do another deal again. So uh, I thought that was interesting. I wasn't quite sure what they were talking about, uh, which was a good thing. So uh, uh, went from there, started in 87 with uh, another brokerage, moved here on May 5th, 88, and have been with CIR ever since. Uh, started managing in 97.
0: So oh. that's me. Awesome. There was Steve. Tony, let's go to you next. And uh, Tony is our uh, longest serving agent. Um, I mean, You deserve so much recognition in, in <laughs> your contributions to the brokerage. So thank you for your time.
3: Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I started uh, in real estate in um, October of 76, and uh, the 70s were great. They were just fantastic. Uh, but come March of 82, the, the, uh, the mega projects up at Fort Murray just hit a brick wall. And as I see it, our economy went downhill in a big way. I mean, I had mortgages of, uh, 18 and three quarter percent on properties and was really scrambling. And I joined, uh, CIR in January, the first 1984 and I've been with CIR ever since, but the, uh, do you want to, do you want me to talk about the, uh, um, the time from 82, 82 onwards was, uh, was really brutal. I mean, what properties that you would have bought in 81 were worth approximately uh, half of what they, by 1986, was the bottom. And then we slowly climbed out back up to about 91. And it was about 10 years, really, for a full, complete recovery um, from 82 to 91. was about nine years or so. And it was, uh, it was pretty brutal, I can tell you um how we, how we hung on was unbelievable but we did and then from the 90s wasn't that bad you know and even into the 2000s
0: awesome appreciate that tony um colin yes uh, one of our top five agents actually it's interesting enough we have three of our top five agents uh for longevity uh, on this group so thank
3: you
1: um how about you colin well, I got interested in real estate probably about five years before I got into real estate in 1981. And what I was doing was buying property and fixing it up, flipping it, building suites, doing things like that. And by 81, things were going uh, pretty well, pretty well. It was, you couldn't lose like Tony has uh, just said. Uh, and then it was at that point I decided, well, I'm. I would like to get into the business just get me a little closer in the inner circle of what's going on in real estate. So I did get licensed in uh, May of 81. And uh, I had a taste of a great market back then in 81 through the summer of 81. And what happened was, is the NEP came in in the, I think it was November of 81. And when that happened, yeah. it absolutely crushed the market. You know, our ads that we'd run in the Herald, and we spent a lot of money back then. You know it wasn't uncommon to spend five five six hundred uh a month at that point, and that was a little hey. money. and uh what happened was is it it absolutely just went flat the number of listings shot through the roof and I remember phoning uh an appraiser had been around forever his name is uh, uh Well, he was with um, Smelsky, uh, Wally Smelsky. Anyway, what this uh, I, I I know Lauren Grinke. I phoned Lauren. Lauren <coughs> Grinky, Yeah. Yeah. I phoned Lauren in January. Keep in mind that I was hanging into or hanging on to a bunch of property, and like Tony said, our interest rates were uh, absurd. Uh, so I, I phoned Lauren. And I said, Lauren, do you see this market going down ten percent? And this was at that in 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 January, and he said. Very soft-spoken student of uh, of the industry, and he just said, "Oh, I I think although the sales haven't reflected it, it's already gone down twenty twenty five percent, and when we start seeing sales, that's where it's going to be." But he said, "There's going to be a second wave now, and he says the second wave is going to be the one that's going to leave blood in the streets and everybody muttering." He says it will go down another twenty five percent. So you do the numbers on it, and it correlates to what. Tony's saying, and I went down 50%. And in some rough areas, uh, uh, you know, I went down 60%. In your strong areas, inner city, things like that, maybe 40%. Okay. So anyway, he Thanks. said, it'll be that second wave that's going to, uh, every all the 10%, all the baby boomers that have bought, and they're 10% in, they're going to be throwing their keys in. One, they might be unemployed. They're underwater on their mortgage can't afford the interest rates, they're going to throw their keys in. And that's what went off. So you had this, you had the first initial wave and then wham, Mm -hmm. it was a second wave that that really, it, you would have, uh, you know, two years before, no, this couldn't happen. And I I can remember looking at my bank account and I had $56 in it. And that was it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
0: I want to come back and talk about that first and second wave, but uh, we can't go without the introduction of Mr. Dick Brown. um, Newest to CIR, but uh, ironically, licensed on the same day as Colin Sloan. So, um, Dick, take the floor.
4: You want me to think that far back?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can remember.
4: (laughs) My memory's not too bad anyway i was transferred to calgary by the royal bank in 1973 and uh, uh this was a place that uh, i really enjoyed but in 76 i was transferred back to montreal and my friends here said don't go don't go why don't you get into real estate and stay here that's when the market was booming you know yeah. in 76 there to, up through to 80. and uh, i said no i gotta i've got to do this so uh, Finally, I ended up in Toronto and uh, I decided I missed Calgary because this was the one place after 18 transfers that uh, that I really felt I'd like to live because I'd made a lot of friends here and I enjoyed it and whatever. So, I come back with Guaranteed Trust worked and signed a deal to work with them for uh, six months. That, that way, they paid my way back. And... Uh, uh, after about a year i had to give them six months notice because i wanted to get into real estate while i was working for them i got my real estate license and uh, when i started in real estate my first deal was the secretary that i had in uh, guaranteed trust so i listed her house for sale anyway started with royal trust back then and then royal trust became royal lepage and uh uh I, I hung in there for a number of years, but I started the exact month that the mar- that I thought the market started to turn down with the uh, condos and high end prices. That that was uh, like August '81, and uh, when I really started to work, well, uh, for the next five years the market went down. Uh, I and I was going up, and so. Uh, Uh, I I had business when nobody else did because I never burned any bridges at the Royal Bank and uh, and I was getting transfers people that I knew and I was was getting more foreclosures and I even had uh, some of the guys that in the lending arm uh, they would call me when they were dealing with uh, with a client and they the client said my house is worth $400,000 well they didn't know for sure, so they'd get me to do a drive-by and give them something for their file that, uh, that gave them a bit of an opinion that, that, the, that they were getting the straight bill of goods. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, I got involved. Uh, I had seven properties when I started in real estate, and of course, I leveraged them all at the Royal Bank. And uh, then when the market started to turn down, I was subsidizing them all, so I had to start selling. So wouldn't you know the place I lived was went first and uh, uh, but it took me 10 years but I got out of that and uh, I kept on kept on trucking in real estate with uh, the most of my business coming from my bank because I never burn any bridges which is always a wise thing not to do. Uh, and um, and uh, I just kept on working. There were dollar-down dealers. Uh, ah, God, lots remember, of those. Lots of, yeah, they they were the uh, guys. That, that in those days, you could uh, assume all mortgages were assumable. So these guys uh, took it upon themselves to take people off the hook. They'd buy the place, assume the mortgage, and uh, they'd take over the place. But then they had rented out and and they would never pay the mortgage so they would they would get six or eight months rent before the mortgage company caught up with them and and foreclosed on it but so they they were quite the operation um and then the people were taking walking into the bank and saying here's my keys uh here's my keys uh i don't see where i'm ever my house is ever going to be worth more than the mortgage i have against it so i'm out of there then there were the people that just left and they would take everything with them uh, because you get a call from the bank to go and list this property you'd find out that they took everything uh, including the kitchen stove and all the light fixtures and everything else. And so it was totally a different market. I remember dealing with a foreclosure on Bonavista Drive and it was in the winter and uh, the the heat went off or electric went out, the heat went off and the pipes burst and man, was it a mess. It was a terrible mess. I haven't heard any of that stuff happening lately, but... Uh, uh, with interest rates, I know Cease Jardine and I built a house up in Strathcona, uh, uh, the mortgage rate was 20 point something percent, but we managed to get out of that, barely, uh, and um, so we just uh, kept on going. And,
1: uh, you you, you can said tell something you interesting, that,
0: uh, What's that? Uh, you said something interesting. I'd like to uh, kind of go back to it and get everybody's feedback on this too, but um you said that your business continued to rise and you just continued to push forward and and focus on the the right activities but um let's talk about what you did to build your business and and you were able to um create a a foundation for your your business in the turmoil that you guys have all (laughs) briefly yeah
4: yeah what what happened basically it's work I, i remember people uh, when I was successful, and that was after I was in in my first five years, because while the market m- market was going down, I was going up. And in my first ten years, I was in the top ten in the city th- uh, seven times. But I I was working. People would ask me what 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 uh, what what do you have to do? They get into real estate to to uh, make a living there, and I said, well, there's two things you have to do. Uh, this is aside from the story I told you earlier. But there's two things you have to do. One, you have to get up in the morning. And then the second thing, you have to dress yourself. So uh, I guess when you're up in the morning and dressed, you may as well do something. So uh, if you do it enough and you work hard enough at it, then uh, uh, you know, you will be successful. Uh, I remember a lot of people would go to, a lot of realtors would go to work and drink coffee and say, Oh, the market's terrible. So there's just no business out there. But I took the approach that well, there's some business and somebody's doing some business, so it may as well be me. Yeah, exactly right.
3: that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah,
4: yeah. So it's it's a matter of work, but it's a lifestyle. I realized after I was in it three years and the hard work that I'd found my niche. Uh, I had the background in banking, which gave me a business acumen. That a lot of the housewives didn't have in those days. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and I enjoyed the work and I enjoyed the people and I enjoyed meeting new people. And uh, if you just keep at it and do what's right, I used to say the more successful you are, the more su- in real estate, the more successful you will be.
0: Mm-hmm. Because it
4: built itself, right? People okay. they, they refer their friends and everybody else, and I said, but that's providing. You continue to do it the same. If you okay. continue to work hard and and uh, and look after people, your business will grow. And uh, but uh, if you turn into an alcoholic or you get successful and become arrogant, and uh, uh, nobody in our company hears right. that. Right. Uh, if you do then people will leave you otherwise they tend to stick with you and they have and they like to recommend their friends so uh, yeah. so i had yeah. nothing but a down market for 5 years and then it went up for 5 years after january 86 and then it was flat for 5 years so in that 15 years between the time i started in 81 and 1995 if you were bought a house in '81 and you were selling it in '85 uh, or '95, you might get your money back. You might just get your money back. Uh, but what that told me is, in 1995, all the inflation was out of our market. We had no inflation in our market. We just carried on. But then we've had our ups and downs since then too. That's interesting. This, Market isn't and Colin and Russell, said, nothing like we went through in the in those in the early eighties. Just nothing sure. like it.
0: Nice. Uh, and it's an interesting lesson that so many people have forgotten. Is that real estate historically has been a long-term investment, and and the equity gains that we saw through the two thousands are just unheard of. But. Appreciate the insights and and one thing that you always told me um, that stuck with me, Dick, is that you farmed people instead of farming communities and and you are always very relationship based. But um, that's right, you. and I still, and I still do that, and that's why I'm I'm in the
4: business because I have a wonderful partnership with Mike Starr, and and he's amazing and he does all the work. I just say here's a name, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> got next week's meeting, so. <laughs> Uh, Colin how about you what was uh, what was your method to the madness to keep your business going in
1: that time? Uh, the term that comes to mind is something I heard from Tony Higgins years ago and it was debt propulsion and <laughs> it it stuck with me and it's true and and at that time uh, you know coming out of 81 uh, lost just lost everything Ground Zero again, and uh, a very, very dark, dark period um, for my wife and I, in terms of of all of this. Anyway, uh,
0: before that, you're still with your wife.
1: Sorry? Oh, yeah. You're you're still with your wife. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) That's right. Let me. So here, um, yeah. It, that was largely the uh, the motivation, okay, and uh, it was just pile the hours to it, get up early, uh, just go for it and and that was it. I do like what uh, Dick was saying, and he had that connection with the bank i didn 't have a connection with any bank uh, and you know and through the tough times he was he was uh, the beneficiary of a lot of work coming down from uh, uh, royal uh, from the the, the, the I guess Royal Trust was it, or Royal Le Page? Royal Bank. But, yeah, but
4: it, because I knew so many people in the Royal Bank. They yeah, were transferred.
1: This is important for the younger people, and that is, is you know, if if they can get the inside track on something like that, some kind of connection like that, where they uh, they can uh, they can get uh, work out of. I think I think that's a, that's an important thing. The other thing that Dick said about getting up early, absolutely up early uh the thing i'd add to that would be using your time like time blocking and sit down and picture out what you want to get done in the week put it down on the day and put it into you know blocks of uh, whatever it takes to do it x amount of time for this that and the other so um just hard at it and try to do the best job that could so we get Uh, repeat and referral, repeat and referral is absolutely everything.
2: Uh, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, you run into a flat market, it's repeat and referral because, you know, if the market's doing 50% of what it was before, it's all right. You'll, you'll have a good, you'll have a good source. So good advice. Yeah. Tony, what was your secret?
3: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, not really any secret, but, um, as, I, as both of them said, you know, you, you get up ready to go to work in the morning and, uh, you, you you've got to be ready to go at a moment's notice. But i, I found that, um, in the eighties, uh, properties that I'd bought, uh, in 81, um, and mortgaged my main house, which I bought back in 73 and still live in it today. Um, you know, I had 18 and three quarter percent mortgages, which, but every mortgage I bought down by three points. So if I had to sell at any chance and at any point in the next sort of following six months, I would, uh, I'd at least have a better mortgage on the property than the guy next door. And um, and mind you, that cost me sort of three or $4,000 on the buy down, which was, may have been a waste of money, but I only mortgaged initially um, on a six month closed mortgage, which allowed me if I had to bail, I could sell any property that um that i uh that I had I could sell any property at the, at the end of the six months closed without a payout penalty because I can tell you the payout penalties were huge in those days and um and I'm talking in you know this is sort of backstopping. 82 through 86. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't sell anything. Everything was cash flow, uh, which was thank goodness. Uh, and you know, I was, had a, had a pro- I still have a property in Fairview. It's the first revenue property that I bought still have it today. Lots of cash flow coming out of there today, obviously, which I need as a, as a semi-retired guy. And, um, but you know, I was renting out the garage, to get an extra 150 bucks a month, which it made all the difference. It made all the difference. Um, the other thing I, I never did until I never had a brand new car. I just had a good used clean car. And I find that a lot of realtors, they make a few, they make a few bucks. They say, Oh geez, I want to go and buy that Cadillac or the Mercedes Benz. And they get overextended that way. And, um, it, it, it's essential that you have a good, clean, reliable car, but you don't need the fancy Benz, which is going to cost you 80 or a hundred grand. Or if you're leasing it, it, it it's like uh seven or $800 a month. You know, even in a down market, you, you you've got to get rid of that stuff, you know, because you need to keep the doors open and keep working and, and you need to get rid of the expensive stuff. And the expensive stuff is uh, sometimes it's not necessary, but, you know, even today, I put up my own signs, and that was because it was slightly cheaper. And, you know, i would got to go and measure the house. i got to go and write the listing. Um, i got to go and press the flesh and, see, and put a lockbox on. I may as well put a sign on. So, you know, my six-pound sledge is in, is in my Chevy Tahoe right now. I'm ready to put a sign up tomorrow on a property. You know, I've, I've done that all along. And, it, and it's just those little things. of Saving a buck here and a buck there can keep you in business and uh it it all helps, you know because uh y- you got to do what you got to do to say to stay alive in this business and uh sometimes it can be it can be rough and it was it was really rough in the, in 81 and as dick said you know the 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 80s were were just terrible you know i'd i'd go and see a house and the guy thrown the keys at the bank and there was one that was the, the, the the destruction was unbelievable. He was just uh, the previous owner was so mad, you know, he'd taken stuff out. Not just the kitchen sink. We're talking ripped the tub out and the toilet, and it was just destroyed, you know. But you know, it was an opportunity for somebody. And uh I didn't sell that particular property, but I know I know somebody who did. They took a, a buyer in there, and he and he ripped it apart even more and fixed it up and made money out of it. And that was in the, that was in the late eighties, you know? And so it, 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 this market, it will come back, but when, Hmm, that's another issue. And, yeah. uh, we, we, we've still got to get, we still got to get our pipelines built to help us here. That's for sure. But, um, yeah. right. uh, as I see this market right now, we could be in for, nine months to a year and a half before we really start kicking because there's so much debt being incurred and there'll be a lot of a lot of small businesses unfortunately will go under and uh you know and we as people need to go out and buy some of our groceries from the smaller businesses rather than the larger businesses but uh anyway that's probably another story for another day
0: you said something yeah. I think is, is so incredibly important, Tony, in, in having multiple income pillars or uh, strategies, um, in your case, rentals and, and sales, uh, on top of just being prudent in your expenses and making sure that you're being fiscally responsible, which is, is something that I mean, that means so much to me because it's just proper business. Um, recently, I heard a quote uh Uh, Warren Buffett said, "When the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked." And there's a lot of businesses that have been swimming naked for a long time, and now that uh, they're going to be exposed. So
4: (laughs) I'll tell you, when I
0: started in real estate,
4: when I started in real estate, I had on my wall, "Nothing happens until somebody sells something." When you think of it. Before anything else is gonna happen, somebody's gotta sell something. Yeah. And real estate is 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 the type of business that you're totally involved with. That hasn't changed in my mind. Uh, technology is the only thing that's really changed. Dealing with people and, and being able to uh, align yourself with your buyers and sellers. Uh, like that's, that's the key thing today as it was back then, but technology has changed. And I could tell you that I, with the, what's going on today, I would never, ever have had the success that I had, but uh, it's the old story. You have to spend money to make money.
0: And uh, I spend lots of it. Right. Let's jump over to the rookie, Russ.
2: <laughs> Here I am. Um, I had the advantage of not starting until 1987 and the, and the market had turned the corner. Yeah. Um, it wasn't busy, but That's the market right. had turned the corner. So it was positive out there. I remember, um, uh, my first sale was a, a little house in Ramsey for 53,000. I think my second sale was a, um, uh, um, a standalone 800 square foot uh, uh, buy level in Pine Ridge for 40. I think we sold it at 48.9 or something. Uh, so, uh, you know, when you turn around and looking at commissions on these, there's 1,700 bucks, 1,750 before the company split, whatever the the situation is there. And then, as Colin said earlier. Uh, it was nothing to spend 500 bucks, 600 bucks a month marketing uh, through the Herald because that's where you had to be um, to get calls, to generate leads and, and doing things like that. So um, when I hit the deck, it was quite a bit different. But the things that were the same, uh, as I said, I started on Black Monday. Um, I knew no different. So I just went out and started working. And and part of that was cold calling in the day uh, for at first to generate some leads. And, uh, you know, and then once I realized I could advertise your listings instead of having my own, uh, I started to advertise other people's listings and generate some leads off of those. Um, and when I sit back and relate it to today, I think, The herald of that day is just the internet of today. And you've got to find a way to generate leads uh, from it. And not much has really changed overall. Um, The people that have a list and work the list did well off the list then and now. Um, Yeah, their business is going to be down 50%, but... Uh, they're going to do well from the list and and keep working at that um
4: from the from the uh, realtor's perspective though you'll remember russ uh uh we used to have to meet we used to list a house and the sub listers would be every other lister uh, every other realtor yeah. city and and we would meet, the, the one with the buyer and the, the, the offer would come together with the seller and the seller's realtor and present the offer. And, and as a result, a lot of us realtors, we all knew each other, Very, we were very close because oh, we had done a deal with, yeah. with the other.
2: We did, and, and, uh, and that was we, part of the enjoyable part of the industry at that time as you knew other people you got to meet them. You got, every time you did a deal, you learn something from how the other agent did it in your first couple of years, especially. So so you go through all of that. And then um, everybody else has, has stolen my best point. Um, (laughs) And so it just shows me that it is the big thing. I, I went to a, uh, golf tournament it ended up in a realtor's house out uh, west of Calgary. And we were partying and whatever. And I, I said to her, How the heck do you get up every day and go to work when you've got this beautiful setting here? You just do coffee. She said, I get up every morning, I go shower, and I put my work clothes on before I make a call, before I do anything. It sets my attitude to be in the work mode. So attitude, get up, get dressed, get ready to go, feel like you're going to work, whether it's just down the hall in your home office or whatever. And I think, I think that's a really, really big part of this.
4: Yeah. Um, We wake up every morning unemployed is real.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I look back at this and, and in my first year's, um, I learned an awful lot from people like Tony. Tony, by the way, is the one that referred me uh, to CIR. I was with somebody else. I saw they were going under. I I called him and I said, I need a place to go. Um, he said, come to work for Carl. He said, he's a little tight. As a matter of fact, he still got the first nickel he ever made. And you're not gonna get it. I remember having the phone conversation with yeah. So I remember having that phone conversation and and it's what you needed at that time was watch your expenses.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: really keep keep things under control. Um, treat it I as said. a business. It's yes. a business.
1: And yeah. yeah.
4: I Very
2: can much
1: tell so. you Having,
4: uh, sorry. Tony
2: has done the best job of that of anybody that I've seen in the industry. He really watches and Tony, how many miles on your uh, Tahoe
3: now? Uh, I got close to 300,000, but it looks like new. And uh, as I say, nowadays, of course, times have changed and we don't pick up our customers anymore. We meet them at the property, but you need to turn up at the property um, you know, you need to turn up at the property with a good clean car and it doesn't have to be brand new. That's for sure. But the other thing I do nowadays is everybody's a bit more relaxed and, and you need to, you don't need to put on, yes, I've got the Armani suit and the Gucci loafers if necessary, but you know what? This is Calgary and there are more people walking around with a lot of money in their jeans and they drive a dirty old pickup and, and, and they got the blue jeans on. And I I tend to in the last few years I I tend to wear wear blue jeans all the time. But my hair's cut real short these days. Don't have a lot of it, and, I'm, and I've had a shave and I'm ready to go to work. But uh, but it's critical that you don't. Um, the other thing is, is is don't overdress for your customer. In other words, figure out his comfort. And and, and if you're in the Armani suit and the Gucci loafers, he's in a pair of jeans and a, a and a t-shirt. Well, you, you, you're matching up with the wrong guy. So you, you've got to be careful like that. But there was one other thing that I found, and I still do today, actually, which keeps me a little bit focused, is there was a guy at CIR called Alan Vanderzee, I think his name was, and he had a really good way of, of planning out his week. And every Monday, he'd have a clean sheet of paper, and he'd mark out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And, he, and, he, and he, nowadays, you might put it on your iPhone. This is going back into the uh, early 90s, I think it was, at CIR in the downtown office. And, and I still do that today, actually. It, it, it's really quite good. I, turn, I, I flip over the piece of paper. Oh, I've got to call so-and-so, you know, or whatever. And, uh, oh, I've got to pay this kind of bill. Make sure I don't pay, uh, forget to pay the bill. So I guess there's always it's a combination of focus and, and, and you know, and doing the things that you feel comfortable doing, and just keep chugging along because uh, nowadays, at least, we've got. Well, you can get it if you if you if you've got a job and you're well qualified, you can get a three percent mortgage. So that's a hell of a lot better than it was in the in the early eighties, you know,
4: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where well, you meet commitments. So,
3: so,
0: we never. What uh, no, Steve. We never talked about um, this question prior to the the meeting, but I'm curious, just where this conversation is going? do you see uh, like there's obviously been some rule changes and adjust, adjustments to the way that mortgages were held and we were taught about the uh, one dollar assumptions uh, in the licensing course when i took it 13 years ago so it, they've made some changes to offset some of that kind of stuff but do you see um, there being any similar risks uh, to this uh, this market drop that we've recently experienced like, translate back to the 80s, or they've done a pretty good job in um, adjusting? uh, Policy, government policy. policy. Do you guys see the same risk that uh, you see us faced with the the same level of risk in today's market as what you guys were faced with in the 80s? I
1: think the the banks and the lenders uh, and the government, they've tightened everything up. It's not as loose as it uh, was way back when and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not the same as it was back then. It was kind of the wild, wild west. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of you know dealing with mortgages and things like that. That's not the case uh, today. I don't know is that risk, well, it takes the risk away from them, not necessarily the buyer. Right. And, and the banks and the lenders are always gonna be working in their interest, not, not anybody else's. Yeah.
2: And I, I think the um, the risk is with the banks, but I think the banks are more reluctant now uh, to go after somebody than they were in the early 80s. I think at that time, they just let them walk and nobody, nobody chased anybody.
4: Right. When you're indebted to the bank, you've got a risk there for sure. But as far as real estate is concerned, there's no real risk. It's, in my view, so the same as it used to be. If if you work hard, you'll get results. If you don't, you won't. And if, if you're waiting for that big deal, a lot of people think they get into real estate, and, oh boy, they're going to make these, these, these thousands and thousands. Well, after they find out how much it costs them to make thousands and thousands, uh, they're not quite... Uh, not quite as enthusiastic and most of them don't last. I don't know what the figures are now, but a lot of the people that take the exams, I don't know if there's anybody, Colin, that I can think of that was in the class of 81 that uh, that that's still in the business. But uh, it's anyway, it's, yeah, it's just a matter of work. And if you enjoy the work, if you enjoy it, it isn't work it's, it, because because you're doing something you like to do and nowadays uh my only problem with that if i'm dealing with people i feel the same but as soon as i sit in front of that computer oh god this isn't my job i don't know, you know and <laughs> i know i know some people are teaching and uh I know Mike is teaching a lot of people good stuff that's going to bear well for them over the years because it's all touch a button and that's done, you know, every, when they're doing a deal. And it's, it's a matter of time. You got to put the time into it.
3: But, you know, I find one of the, the the things that a lot of people don't do today and that's you know, they probably write the whole deal on the computer and they, and they barely even see the client. But actually... You know what, when you're belly to belly with a guy who can make the decision, it's much better and it goes much smoother. And, 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 and also, um, you know, you just keep in touch with your old clients. And I always find that when you're writing an offer, there's a good rush. It's just a salesman rush, you know, that you think, Oh, good. And even if you don't make, even if you don't close it for whatever reason, you know, uh, it, it, but it's just the action of. Writing the offer and good load, there's 17 pages of it nowadays with track and all the rest of it. And, you know, I, I, and I used to be able to write an offer on the back of a, an envelope pretty much It was a one pager in those days. And, uh, and, and you could make it stick, but you know, you, you had to create a relationship with these people. And, uh, and, 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 and when you're dealing with referrals and repeat business, it's like, you know, initial here, initial here, sign here, you know, and, and away you go. And you, and you don't have to do the whole dog and pony show all the time, which, uh, w- is, w- which for old guys still, like me is a real pain. <laughs> but Tony, Tony, Tony,
4: it's still as important now as it was then to oh, celebrate yeah. success, to celebrate yeah. success, to take flowers home to your mother or wife or whoever you got. And, uh, like, do something to acknowledge the fact that you're in sales and you've been successful, and one will lead you to another. And, uh, yes. uh and you, and if you just keep doing it the same and uh, working away at it, you'll, uh, you'll be successful nowadays,
1: I think. Something like that's what I want. I just wanted to mention, and uh, it's an important thing what uh, Tony said, and uh, Tony's a landlord. He's in, we're all in the business. Um, anybody watching this, same thing. But early on, he got into properties in the, uh, the rental. And the one thing about our business is uh, it's, it's brutal in, in terms of money at the back end. We don't have, uh, you know, savings programs or company programs or anything like that. If you got the land, you got something, okay? And you think about it, you end up, well, I think the one that he probably bought in Fairview at that point in time, he might have paid ten dollars or eleven or $12,000 for, okay? What's it worth today? Who knows, but it's it's a nice chunk of dough. The other is, is that when you compare that, I, I did a little extrapolation between the price of gold back in 66, uh, 67, the price of land and what it is, the average price today. Now, even when you take the, the peaks and valleys and that we've dropped off significantly here, land far out does what gold does. Gold today, what, 1650 So what? No. So there's a security in the land. But as realtors, you're in the business. Secure, secure something. Get, get the tenants paying it off. Forget about it. At the back end of it, when you're in your retirement or whatever, you got something.
0: Yeah, yeah. it
1: helps your safety Colin, I think, has yeah. the same. Colin, I think has got
4: something. But Steve, if if I don't know whether this is appropriate or not, but as a fairly newcomer to CIR and working for uh, uh, my previous brokerage was, uh, you know, more national and international and whatever and big time, I noticed that uh, CIR, and it's what I was told over the years, helps realtors get going, helps realtors in every which way. And that's been proven to me since I've been with CIR, even to the extent of the last meeting I was at, where they were doing a a thing on selling your business and selling your company and i thought hmm uh, a brokerage uh, no brokerage that i've ever heard of has done that helping their realtors sell their business really you know <laughs> like it mm-hmm. it just uh, it just wasn't done in the old days and uh, i think that in the uh, in the, the conferences or whatever that I've attended, the CIR is right up to the other national company. The difference is they do it with somewhat hands-on, you know, where where they're in the same location, talking about the same stuff, but not spreading themselves across the country to uh, to get it done, if I'm talking sensibly there.
0: Yeah, so, uh, appreciate that, Dick. It, uh, and we, I think the company is fortunate to have the the foundation that we have from agents like you guys that have really created the foundation and and the leadership that we've had for 37 years. I mean, it's just been. Uh, I I believe from the conversations and what you guys are saying, and I, I also think this is probably why. Each of you have stuck around for so long, but it just aligns so well with the principles of leadership, and and the fact about real estate is about leadership, er, about relationships. Um, real estate is about being fiscally responsible and operating it as a brokerage, or uh, operating it as a business. Uh, and it just boils down to getting up, doing the work, being responsible, and keeping in touch like building relationships and that's all real estate really boils down to and you guys are reaffirming that Mm -hmm.
4: yeah integrity integrity and the leader the leadership in car is amazing because there's hard workers right at the top and you can tell that and Mm -hmm. and they're they're with their realtors in helping them down the road and boy in this age of technology uh that that's key i think
0: Nice. Well, I appreciate that. So um, I want to make sure that we we kind of keep an eye on the time, but if you guys were to give one piece of advice to agents today and what they could implement to uh, help weather the storms or how to uh, build their their businesses, what would be one piece of advice that you guys could offer from your lessons of the 80s and what you've experienced through your careers? Um, Tony, why don't we start with you?
3: i think i've covered most of it um by by saying just uh keep her keep an eye on your on your overhead basically and uh and just make sure that you've got a good that you're working with a good solid broker because um uh i mean i in the eighties uh i was uh I was with a broker who was going who was going to go under and I mean it, we're going back to the big companies like Callie and Keith went down and a few others and uh, but I was watching the writing on the wall and I got out without without losing any commissions but even in even in fairly good markets you know you have brokerages go broke and they close the doors and and you need to watch what's going on and that's not to say that i'm watching what cir is doing i think they're only doing all the right things but uh because you you you, you may do the deal today and it doesn't close for 2 months and you want to make sure that your that your uh that your commissions are going to be paid out at the right time and um it could happen down the down this road here that uh some other brokerages might go down but you know uh you, you need to work for a good solid broker and that's what, what uh Russ mentioned to me um uh, what I'd said you know Carl's a good Carl was a good solid guy and and I knew that he'd be around for a long time you know and hey. uh, and, and and he has you know
1: and and Let, and so uh
3: you know it, it it's uh, it's it's imperative that you that you get hold of your expenses and cut them down to the bone if possible and uh you know if you've got too many cell phones on the go get rid of one and you know that kind of stuff it's basically running as a business you know and 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 watching what's going on all the time that's that's my that's my advice
0: thanks Tony. how about you colin what's your uh, words of wisdom or advice or lessons
1: well, currently where the market is right now, we kind of have an opportunity on a couple of things. And one comes to mind is, is to sharpen your skill set. And uh, there's great courses. They're online. There's, there's great outfits that are put in them. CIR does a great job of it. Uh, there's coaching. There's mentors. But, but to take this time, if you're slow, to, to school yourself, to learn. Um, there's read. Great books out there uh, on the subject, uh, yeah. YouTube. And then uh, the other thing, but when we get down to the, uh, what we can do right now, I think the, the biggest thing we can do every day you get up, clients, three to five clients a day, phone them up. How are you doing? What's up? What are the kids doing? You know, And just you're present. You're there and you're keeping in touch with them. Three to five clients, no big deal, a day. Do that. And then the last one is when we're on the street and we've all seen uh, great examples of it. And that is other realtors dealing uh, with integrity. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we, when we deal amongst each other, take care of each other, you know, it's about the deal, park ego, do a good deal, take care of the other guy. It doesn't mean you're giving up on anything. It just means, you don't want any. You don't want them getting down a bad road. Win-win. Yeah, it, yeah it's got to be everybody wins. Everybody wins when the keys are given on possession date, and we all walk away. And we yeah. can do it pleasant, or we don't do it pleasant. But to uh, be working within integrity and and to do it that way, yeah, it's everything. I think anyway. So.
0: Yeah, good thought.
4: And my next, my next, Steve. My text. next. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Because I think one of the most important things, I remember when I used to uh, carry one of those great big telephones, you know, that was like a lunchbox that you'd have to use. And I got one right after I found myself stopping my car to go to the nearest telephone booth to get back to somebody because of a deal I was working on. Right. So anyway, uh, the, the communication is still important. But in my view, I used to come home at night and i pull out all the little slips of paper out of my pocket and put them on there and say, oh yeah, I've looked after that. Yeah, I called him. Oh, jeez, I forgot to call this guy. You know, and whatever. And so it boils down to one thing. It, that's priorities. Get your priorities straight. And even though they might change They used to change 10 times a day for me. I'd set out in the morning thinking I was going to do one, two, three, and come home at night and I haven't done any of them because (laughs) of priorities. So what is – your priorities are established by what is going to take you another step closer to getting a deal or selling up property or something because that's where the fun comes when you – When you get deals together, and priorities are key, even with today's technology.
0: So, if there was one priority, what would that? What would your top priority be in a single day? Well, just if there was one priority that you could pick, that was like, if nothing else, what would that be? Well, it'd be the out-of-town client.
4: The guy that's, that's in town to buy a house and uh, uh, he, he gets top priority because he's going to leave town sooner than you think and you want to have it all together by the time he does. That would be my top priority and still is despite the technology. The difference now is the buyer comes to you much more knowledgeable than he ever was before. Yeah. And... You know, people didn't, the the public know way more now about
0: values and properties than they ever used to. You know, what's interesting about that is that referrals are becoming higher than they ever have been, too, Um, which I find it fascinating. The millennial generation has become the the largest generation to ever rely on referrals. Um, And I believe that's because there's so much information out there that they need somebody to... Decipher that information and tell them what's actually true and what do they need to focus on and and just kind of Weed through the noise um, So it's interesting. That's interesting <laughs> you say
1: that uh, Steve because uh, what comes to mind is uh, The quote where uh, we're drowning in information and we're thirsting for wisdom Yeah and i think that's what realtors where the the true value of it is it's if you're good you know your stuff you, you work for them you work in their best interest you can do that you can separate the debris from the gold and take care of them nice i like that i was transferred
4: 18 times when i was with the royal bank so i always knew the realtor that was driving a car whether he was in it to help me, or whether he was in it to get that paycheck, right? Yeah, you could always, <laughs> no matter, no matter who they were. But uh,
0: so there. Rusty, you go. what's your words hey. of wisdom? Um,
2: get up, get ready, <laughs> get dressed, get the attitude going. Um, you know, I I hear Dick say he goes home at night and empties his pockets. He needs to meet Tony and see Tony Sheet. Because Tony Sheet is a computer in itself long before we had computers. Uh, Tony talks about the early 90s. I thought it was the late 80s. He started that, but uh, it is a wonderful system.
1: Um, Prospect
2: is the only thing to do in a day. It's the only thing you need to get done. Get up and make those three to five, six, seven calls. You, I mean, you've got all day now and there's nothing serious on most plates in this marketplace. So if you haven't touched base with your entire database um, in the last 43 days, uh, since I've been grounded anyway, uh, it's time to, to get on the phone and, and touch base with them. That's it. I mean, I had a different experience than you guys because I was in management all those years and prospecting was different for me. Um, I prospected through you and and it worked very well, but uh, uh, it's the way. Get up and make those calls. But get the right attitude before you do it. You get that by shower, get dressed, get ready for work.
4: Even if I didn't get home till midnight because I was doing a deal I'd be at the office the next morning uh by eight eight thirty or so, and I'd have a list uh that I would start calling people i'd have a list of five or six people and I'd call somebody for lunch and uh an, if the first guy couldn't make it, I'd call the second guy and then the third guy or whatever. So even if I didn't take them to lunch, they heard from me that day, you know?
0: Well, I mean, I I am truly grateful for you guys taking the time and, and spreading or sharing your knowledge and, and experiences. And uh, I mean, it just really reaffirms for me that we're in the relationship based business. Uh, I've been saying it for years, but if you can't, provide more value than a website then you're going to be out of business and and i think that's what you guys did so well is just focus on relationships getting up getting to work working with integrity using systems to manage yourselves and and stay on track and and in the end um, business takes care of itself if you're focusing on the right activities so uh, i'm grateful for each one of you i've learned something from each one of you over the years and and Russ has been a special mentor to me, so I'm, I'm especially grateful for that, and, and uh, uh, thank you. Um,
4: well, let's go for a drink now, then. <laughs> Soon uh, enough. Uh, wait, 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 wait. This. Wait, wait, wait a minute. My wife's going to make mine. It's called a martini. Ah, uh, a <laughs> martini. So He's good at it, and she's well-trained, you know, so if you guys could do stuff, we'll send you the recipe if you like.
1: I got to leave you guys with this one. A, a good buddy of mine, he's at home now. He's, of course, under uh, quarantine. He's he's with his wife, and then his two kids came back from university, and they live in about 1,400 square feet. And he phoned me up, and he says, you know, if I ever get out of here, if we ever get out of here, first thing I'm going to join is AA, Weight Watchers, and I'm going for marriage counseling. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: <shit.
1: laughs> makes sense. Yeah. You, All right, you got- well-
0: so thank you guys for your time, by. and, and uh, I wish you guys all the best and stay safe out there.
1: Thanks, Thanks Stevie. You bet,
4: Stevie. All all right. Right. Thank so you so for you your uh, for care. what you do. Let's all do right. it again sometime. You take care
1: of us, and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. See you guys. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bye, now. Bye now. Bye now. Good